Hey friends, here at Revelation Wellness, we are big believers in families and especially marriage. Your marriage is a powerful tool for the kingdom. So it's not surprising that it's one of the enemy's primary ways to attack us. He wants to disconnect us and separate the marriage that God has created for your good in his glory. So through our virtual marriage retreat, what we are calling Reconnect, we are taking marriages back and offering a place for spouses to reconnect, laugh, and rest together. We are one month away from our Reconnect virtual marriage retreat, August 20th and 21st. And if those dates don't work for you, then pick a different weekend where you can be intentional and alone together. You get to keep the Reconnect content for one year. During this retreat, you'll learn how to reconnect and renew not only your marriage, but also your thoughts and feelings that reside inside your body. Y'all, I'm always talking about this. So in true Rev style, we believe that in order to cultivate unity and connection, real, authentic, and truthful unity and connection in our marriage, it's important that we bring our bodies into the conversation as well. So learn more by swiping up on the show notes. There's a link there for you and get more information and get registered. Our retreat speakers are my dear friends, Dr. Dawn Rooster and Renee Wooster. To help you get to know them, we have a two-part podcast series about marriage where they're gonna answer your questions. We're gonna talk about everything from sex to staying connected in the midst of busy lives and aging well together. They have been helping marriages get unstuck for over 30 years and they have personally helped mine. I know you're going to be blessed by these episodes. And so with no further ado, I introduce you to Don Renee Wooster. Let's talk marriage, healthy, whole, and free marriages. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness friends and community. Today's a fun day. Uh, Renee has been on the podcast, I think a few times, but I don't know, Don and Renee, have you guys been on together? No. no, I do not believe we have. No, this is yeah. a first. All right. So I'm excited to have a bigger conversation with Don and Renee today. Um, we're going to be talking about marriage. We have a virtual marriage retreat coming. And so if you've heard about that, you can swipe up and find out more. Um, but listen, for Revelation Wellness, marriage is a big deal to us. Family is a big, big deal. The whole reason Um, The body of Christ happens is inside this connection and connectedness we have uh, to Christ and to one another. And for some of us inside marriage, where it seems sometimes to be the the most grueling place (laughs) of uh, transformation and sanctification that God uses in our life. So Don and Renee are here today to, uh, we're going to just open up this conversation. We have some great questions we actually asked you guys back in the community group. Uh, so Don and Renee, we take a second and just say a little bit about yourself, let people know who you are, um, who might be hearing you for the first time. Yeah, we um, have been involved with relational health for a while. That's been on our heart. Don um, has his doctorate in counseling psychology. And really how it started was Don invited me into coming with him to speak at um marriage retreats. So specifically on marriage, that's how it got started. But we have a ministry background. We both were on staff um, in different capacities in Young Life. And Don was on staff in a church at one point. I've done business jobs as well. But at the end of the day, we realized that relationships are the most important because if you're not having healthy relationships, all the other stuff fades away. Mm. Your jobs, um, how you, where you're living, what you're doing on vacation, mm. any 
any kind of place, um, relationships are what matter, right? With totally. your kids and with your friends and with yeah. your family and then yeah. especially in your marriage. And marriage is where it starts and goes out from. So we really had a heart for marriage because we realized that as marriages get restored and get into a different place, a healthy place, something different happens um, for their whole life. So that's how we started. And then out of that has come us doing marriage retreats, marriage intensive, Mm -hmm. um, being with people in their process. And so Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing now. And now we've been working on content that we are getting distributed to different places. Yeah. And in different ways. Don, a little bit. Uh, yeah, my background, as Renee said, I had a ministry background, and then I just found that a lot of the people I worked with were dealing with issues more than just what could be dropped into a category. Is this just a spiritual issue? Is this just an emotional issue? Mm. Is this, uh, am I thinking incorrectly or ineffectively? And so um, after some years in ministry, I went back and got a master's in counseling just to try to be a little bit more equipped. I did some more ministry and then felt like there was still areas of that. So we went back and, and did a doctoral degree in counseling psychology. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's just been, uh, they've kind of merged together in some ways in our life where yeah. uh, we show up heart, mind, soul, and bodies mm-hmm. together. And we're trying to make sense out of our individual lives and our life together. Mm-hmm. And when those things are clear and good, uh, life flows in a really beautiful, messy, miraculous way. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's 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 been a very meaningful thing, and we know in our own story that God's been kind and gracious and good. Yeah. And so it feels really worthwhile to talk to other people about that and discover what God has for them. It's so good. Yeah. Just so you all know, it's true that Donna Renee. Well, Renee entered my life first, kind of took one of my very, very first RevFit classes before we were even a nonprofit ministry. But when it, I didn't even have not one instructor trained, it was just me. <laughs> she just came to you. my classes. Yep. And I think she knew my heart. Was, it's Aren't we glad God doesn't wait for us to be tidy and neat before he uses us? Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I was a gory mess. <laughs> I was a mess. And my marriage was a big part of that. If you know my story, you know. Uh, and so Renee really became a mentor to my life. And then slowly, um, Simon and I were able to get into some counseling with them. And it so began this, this language, really, I feel like language and context around marriage that I was never taught before, had no idea. And it so was, uh, equal to a lot of the language we use in Rev, this interconnection, this relationship that- Um, we can't compartmentalize and put things in silos and all those things that we do relationally, we also tend to do in our body. So she was able, both Donna and Renee could talk a language to me that I go, oh my gosh, like felt like I can start to see these things. So I have a feeling you're going to sense that same thing, whether or not you just listen to this podcast or come to the retreat, it has the same revving heart in it, which is holistic and integrated health and well-being. So well, okay, we've got a lot of questions. So I want to jump in with the first one. Just an, an overall, I would love to know what kind of themes you see going on right now in marriages in light of coming out of COVID even. We've been through such a crazy time. What are some themes that you're seeing? Mm-hmm. I I think one of the things that's super interesting coming out of COVID, but I think in general, it, COVID just exposed what was already true, which is People have a desire to be connected to others. And if they don't find it in a spot, they'll go wandering for it in another way. Mm -hmm. And so like even for 
things that we see that are separating marriage or things that are coming in between marriage, um, they can be really good things that mm. have become more like idols in their life. Mm. Then, then they're, they're, they become a bigger thing than they should be. So, mm-hmm. you know, like God gives you children and they're a beautiful thing, right? Mm. But it is pretty quick that someone gives their life away in a way that you go, there's too much pressure on your children and you <sighs> idolize them. Yeah. And then it is the thing that comes between you inside of your marriage. And I see that especially with women, because it's a tricky thing that I think took, a, I still think in some ways it takes a long time to figure that out as a woman. You go, I'm dying to give to my kids, right? I'm mm-hmm. uh, self-sacrificing in this way, but how do I do that without losing who I am? And it feels very much like a woman does that. But then what happens is, she does it to an end that her whole identity is in it. And then she actually loses herself in that. And then she can, isn't even available inside of her marriage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times we're running after that because we have had poor family backgrounds because yeah. we've had a poor history because we've been in a place where we haven't had parents involved with us. So it comes out of a good desire. Like I'm trying to do something totally. different than my whole history in order to be available to my kids but it's like taking your cues from the wrong places, right? Mm-hmm. Keeping your eye on the wrong, like even when you do workouts, you're like, what are we supposed to be looking at while mm-hmm. we're working out? Or how do you keep stable when you're trying to do a move where you go, we want stability inside of you, right? right, right. It's that same kind of thing. What do you keep your vision on while yeah. you're being given kids in your life? Don? Yeah, I think it, um, it, it feels to me like it's a little bit when you, when you go through a big storm, if you're if you're on the water, you're in a ship and you're going through a big storm, the priority is keep that thing floating. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get through the storm. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people have been kind of in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Let's keep the ship floating. Let's get through this. And we get a lot of extra adrenaline and mm-hmm. focus. And and when you shift in survival mode, it's really good at helping you survive. But you can't ever relax mm-hmm. in survival mode. And you can't reflect in survival mode and you can't mm-hmm. reset in survival mode. Mm-hmm. You can survive and that's a that's a you know a one person sport. Yeah. And I think on the other side, um there's a lot of people that are sort of uh c- coming out of it in some ways and sort of what has happened to us while we've been surviving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are how are yeah. we doing? We we're we're still floating. Yeah. But what kind of things have happened to us and some of those patterns that help us get through crisis um, then stop us yeah. from really being able to heal, restore, reset. And so it feels like a transition for me. Like some people are realizing, hey, man, I'm glad we're still here, mm-hmm. but we, we need a chance to really regather and sort of assess and connect. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like there's a lot of that that people are realizing. Um, they're glad. They're glad to, you know, have have made made it through a pretty tough time, but there are some things to kind of uh, really reconnect and restore. So, and what do you think keeps us from doing that? Why why we 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 survive and we know there could be more, but yet we don't do it. What do you, what do you think that is? And going totally a little bit off script here. <laughs> I think survival mode is very habit forming. Mm, amen. So we generally do whatever we did most recently. And yeah. so if you've been in that mode for a while, it's it's easy to shift into it, but it doesn't have an automatic shutoff. 
Yeah. So once we get going, um, you know, we're, we're in that mode unless we can stop and actually shift out of it. It will just cycle and recycle. And over time that leaves people alive, but disconnected. Yeah. And if you're disconnected in a marriage, you're both in solitary confinement. Wow. And that's, <laughs> that's illegal in 45 states. <laughs> you know, people get unraveled. You're not, yeah. there's something about being alone in a marriage, which actually magnifies the loneliness. For real. And yeah. so seeing, you know, seeing some part of going, how do we shift? Mm-hmm. How do we change posture and position uh, to where we're starting to reconnect and reunite? And I, I think that's a real important shift. So again, why people, I'm, I'm just curious, like people, I know for me, I can only apply to myself, like things felt terrible, but you just kind of survive and keep going. One thing that did definitely come to mind was exactly what you said, Renee, you were one of the first to say the fact that this can destroy you so much <laughs> means it's too much. It is too much. You've put too much on your husband. You're putting too much on the marriage, kind of identifying the idolatry. Um, mm. But then also, but why is it that we have such a hard time to talk about these things or to bring it to the table and say, this is how I'm feeling? Is it just the vulnerability? Is it the, the exposure we feel if we were to identify how weak and how tired we are while we're in survival mode? Mm. I think that regarding what you just hit on about us being able to ask that question means that we have to have another question after that. So what happens if mm. things don't work out? What have, what am I really holding on to? Am I holding on to control? Am mm-hmm. I holding on to fear? Mm. There are some things that we think are protecting us that they're absolutely not protecting us. There we go. And so yeah. the next question after that one, which yeah. say it matters too much is then you'd have to do self-reflective time and a place to go, why, why does this matter so much? Yeah. Like I'm putting it all, I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. Yeah. Right. And you go, no matter what it is, you go, why am I doing that? And then you'd have to disassemble some of the pieces. And that always is, you know, wrecking for any of us to disassemble and go, wow, this matters too much to me. And I can't figure out why. And I need to like get to the places where I understand why I'm so driven about this so good. and yeah. why it's an idol in my life. Yeah, I think most guys that I work with, they have a pretty good sense that they're not really keeping the cheese on the cracker. They, <laughs> they are pretty sure that they have missed. They're not really sure what to do about it. Mm. But if they hear their wife go, can we talk about our relationship? I mean, their heart stop in their chest. Like that's. That's sort of like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is not going to be good. Yeah. And we talk about the relationship or could we go on a marriage retreat? Mm. Uh, most guys will have an anaphylactic reaction to that. They will start breaking out in hives to sort of go, what will happen there? If we talk about it, yeah. then it's going to somehow, uh, you know, we're going to have a conversation about my misses and about the other thing. And I think it's true, but I don't know what to do about that. And once you say it out loud, it feels really real. Amen. Yeah. So I think for a lot of men, they, it, they would rather avoid it. It's an avoidance. It's the only kind of dancing men like to really do the avoidance. (laughs) 
uh, right? Because you kind of go, tell me how you're really feeling. Tell me how I'm really doing. <laughs> I have a, this weird, bad feeling. It hasn't been awesome. Mm. But they're pretty nervous about a conversation that they could get into and through and really get to a better place. Amen. So how do people uh, cultivate oneness in their marriage then? Yeah, I think some of it's what we're hitting on, which is taking a look at the things that are separating you. If if we just take the definition of oneness, how God has made us one, which is the same word that's used for Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit, he goes, there's a community that God has tied us into that is is one, right? Mm-hmm. And the scripture also says, let no man separate that which God has joined together, including me, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm realizing that I have things that are separating us. The first part is, you know, a lot of scripture says, take off to put on, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like that repentance and then replace. Yeah. There's this, the removal, that part, right? Yep. But then, and I think that's what Don's hitting on for the guys is that they're scared about the removal part of it. The hard mm. part in is, especially as far as faith with Christ, with, you know, Christianity, with marriage is there's a lot of poor messages about the replacement because the replacement's a good part, right? It's like, mm. we're not just going to stop doing this. We're going to actually replace this with something else, right? Yeah. With good habits, with pouring in, with yeah. recognizing, with showing up with seeing the other person and their design and how God has made them. Yeah. So cultivating oneness to me has like the two components, both the taking out, like realizing what you're doing instead of, it's always easier to confront always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's much harder to confront ourselves. It's much harder to look at what we're doing that leads to the separation. What are my words, my attitude to your point, Mm -hmm. what you opened up with is language is behavior. Mm-hmm. Language is behavior. So if I'm saying something and you go, well, I don't act that way. And you go, you supposed certainly do. Because <laughs> if we're saying something, we're doing something too, right? Yeah. So it matters what we say because it it's it's um, exhibiting what we do as well. So yeah. Yeah. it's an important thing about what we use. And I think women have this power with their words and they don't even, I don't think they know. And it's yeah. true for men too, but we're looking for that connection and that blessing all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going back and getting restored and reset and healed by the places that the Lord's uncovering. So he's bringing both of our histories together to show us what's going on so that he can recover those places. I think cultivating oneness is looking at yourself as one. That's, I mean, it sounds so Mm -hmm. simple. It sounds so simple, but it's actually quite difficult to remember that. So Don, expand on upon looking at ourselves as one, but how, how does that play out? Uh, well, I, I think there's a sense of it's, it's, it's what we really want and what we really need. And it's also the thing we're most afraid of. So it's a pretty conflicted, and I think you can read the first few chapters of Genesis and see we were created naked. Yeah. Uh, and we were created to stand before one another naked Mm. and there was no shame in that nakedness. Right. Mm-hmm. And the world that God created, we're able to be completely exposed to ourselves, mm-hmm. to one another, and to Him, completely naked, and there's no shame in the room anywhere. Yeah, that's good. That's the world God created. That's the identity He put in us. Mm-hmm. And so, shame and brokenness and everything else that's come into the world um, through the Genesis account would say, now when God comes looking, uh, we find Adam and his wife hiding in the bushes. Uh, because he's naked and covered up mm-hmm. and 
that kind of vulnerability was never designed. Uh, we had a capacity at the very beginning mm-hmm. to be that vulnerable to one another with ourselves and God and each other. That got lost, but I think God is always inviting us back. Yeah. He always wants us back into that garden where there's vulnerability and connection and joy without shame. But we've been living in the jungle for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And in in a garden, you can stroll and you can be naked. In a jungle, you've got to. Yeah, there's no rest. You've got to protect, right? And I think God inviting us back to go, there's a part of us that goes, this is so hard. Why is this so hard? Mm -hmm. And I think some of it is the hope that we can do that, but the fear Mm. of what that exposure will mean. And so I think for both men and women, it's it's a hope that really scares us. And um, I think we live in that tension. And I think God is going, I'm not, I'm not giving away my first amazing creation. Yeah. Uh, which is you being able to be with yourself. And there is no shame. So good. There is no fear. Yeah. And and I know for those of you listening, that is truly the practice at what we do, Revelation Wellness, why you do the Be Still and Be Loved, why you move your body. It's to become more in tune with what's going on with me. I can't control my husband. I'd really have, I have, a, I remember telling Renee, like I have a laundry list of things that I could, that could change about Simon and then I'll be happy. That all those things. And you really were one of the first people to look at me with those eyes and smile and just kind of grab the list and say, Mm-mm, none of that. Like you, we're going to put that over here. What is God wanting to do in you? And oh, the, the, the kind of that feeling of death to your survival or death to the thing you've used to cover yeah. yourself or protect yourself. That is probably the scariest, scariest part of of um, becoming unashamed. Well, it also is a form of control. Totally. (laughs) Right. And so, and I'm with you in it too. Believe me that, you know, I have the same kind of list. list. You got some lists? Yeah. So I got lists for everyone in my life. (laughs) 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 Got lists everywhere. But the, you know, I think one of the things early on, even in our marriage is that I remember having a conversation with Dawn and it didn't feel like it was going into a good place. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, we've had this conversation several times, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm getting tired. I mean, that that rarely happens. We need to see now, just rarely. Oh, okay, great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember that I went for a hike and I was talking to the Lord about it. And he yeah. said, you know, I have direct access to Dawn's heart. Mm. So if you're wanting something to happen with him, you could start just praying to me. I have, right. I have the access. (laughs) I have the ability to change people. I have the minds of Kings and Queens. Like I have it in my palms and my hands. So what happens, you know, it's like when Jesus turns and says, you think you're in control. You're not in control. The father is in control of all things. Right. You know, when, when he's going to the cross, you go, oh, I lose that all the time. I lose that all the time in my mind about how I think of my life and the people in my life. And I was like, okay, Lord. And he goes, why don't you start praying those things to me instead of talking to Don or making your now, I would tell you that I also had this experience where I would be minding my own business, trying to be as unaware as possible. <laughs> and because um, <laughs> if you're, you're not aware of it, then you don't yeah. have to deal with it. Can't hurt right? you. Right. Um, 
and I'd be minding my own business, staying very busy and focused. And I would literally feel like I just got hit with a spiritual two by four, mm -hmm. like this conviction that would hit me so powerfully. Wow. And I would, you know, the first one or two times it happened, I would, I would come home and tell Renee. And then after a period of time, uh, you know, I, I go, have you been talking to Jesus about me? <laughs> right. And she just get a little smile on her face and go, uh, why did you, something happen today? Yeah. And I'm going, oh my gosh, you're talking to Jesus about me. Yeah. And then there I am staying busy and distracted and hear this kind of real clear conviction, uh, awareness lands on me mm -hmm. and going, wow, she has been unburdening herself to Christ. And however that works in the eternal exchange of things, God being able to go, hey, I, there's a thing you're not seeing. It's time yeah. for you to see it. Yeah. And I would realize she was praying things into me and off of me. So good. And, and it wasn't of me. Yeah. and it wasn't the conversation between us. It would be the realization to go. So then I go, well, I'm gonna do that. I mean, if you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be sending you're gonna talk to God about me. I'm gonna I talk go, about hey, you. You know what? Hey Jesus, you know, so you know that little blonde girl that I live with, right? You know. Uh, and so to kind of go, wow, we can talk to Christ about our life with him and each other. Yeah. And he listens well mm -hmm. and he's gracious and kind and all knowing. Mm -hmm. And he can give feedback. He Man. can give perspective. Yeah. Yeah. He can um, let us know. I, I would tell you last year we were going through a hard period and I was complaining about Renee in a very spiritual way. Of course. But I was complaining about, you know, but I felt like I was doing a much better job than she was. And so I was talking to Lord about that. And I go, so that's just what I think. I don't think she's doing a good job. And then I got to, like, I felt like the Lord said, you know, she's really not. Mm. And I just go, well, thank you. That <laughs> exactly. is so encouraging. <laughs> so you encouraging. know? <laughs> oh, thank you. You Like, you don't usually agree with me on this. And so, and it, you know, and he goes, goes, yeah, you know, she's got this going on with her mom. She's got this going on with her family. She's got this going on with health and friendship. She's concerned about this. He goes, you know, she's not doing that well right now. And then I go, well, God, what are you going to do about it? And he just goes, I'm going to love her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to love her. And then he goes, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? Yeah. And it's just kind of like going, oh, my gosh, I'm such an ass. <laughs> totally. Right? But the Lord just goes, I'm going to love her. She's not doing great right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to love her because she's not doing great. What about you? Yeah. And it was just like the shift that I needed in my heart to go, yeah, I've been standing back, getting out of harm's way. She's not doing well. And mm. I, the Lord's going to love her. I can join him in that. I want to highlight a couple of things. One, you guys, the fact that, Renee, you are someone who does this, and I know Dawn too. The fact, like, when you're in a hard spot, you lace up your hiking shoes and go for a walk in the desert. Like you just go walk and you yeah. grabbed me by the shirt collar and drug me into the desert with you a couple of times when my heart was really shattered. 
and just walk and talk and talk to the Lord. But you will go and you'll just talk to him. And I, we're right now in this 21-day walking prayer thing, and so yeah. many people are just coming back to, oh, I can just walk and talk with God. And so that is so encouraging because we hear that in real time. We, we, we diligently study the scriptures, yet we just don't go for a walk and talk with God so that we can be unburdened unashamed. And then we know how to partner with God. But then you also, guys, you said something that I want to transition to this next place. So me listening to this going, oh, that's so amazing. They both know when they're off and can go and get with the Lord and walk and talk and pray to him. What do we say to the person who's listening, whose husband doesn't talk and walk with the Lord? Mm -hmm. How does that, how do, what can we say to encourage or how do we play out oneness when only one person is really listening? Yeah. Well, first I want to say, I'm sorry, because that's a big burden. That's yeah. really difficult and hard. And um, that's a very difficult place, very much needing grace and hope yeah. and yeah. restoration for your own heart. And that yeah. Yeah. would also say that your screen has to be refreshed a ton. Like wow, that's good. You have to be refreshed constantly about what is going on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like when Elijah um, says to a servant, or is Elijah? Elijah says to a servant, you know, he says the prayer, open his eyes so that he can see what's really going on, yeah. right? Yep. That there is this um, atmosphere that we can't even see. So asking the Lord to see beyond what the physical realm is, is next level, right? That's, that's varsity level to ask the Lord, can you help me see what is not being seen right in front of me? Right. Dang, so true. Yeah. Let me get my varsity letterman jacket for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So asking how God sees, I mean, I was thinking even about the marriage thing, but asking how God sees your spouse in their design, if they're not living in their purposes, like how he sees them would mm -hmm. be one place, just a real practical place to start is that God sees them already before you see them. And so they could maybe be acting out of some other place. And um, I'm sure that they are. And, and while they're doing that, if you could have a vision that's different, I would also say that calling that design out into um, the atmosphere is another thing, like the way that you see them. So saying to your husband or wife saying, you're made for really great things and mm. noticing the things that they are doing well, instead of correcting the things they're not doing well. Mm -hmm. So just the behavior of what you do is a place of purpose and hope for them as well. Um, stay, staying in a place of softness, like having strong, and, and I'm not talking about the harmful things like, you know, doing something that is to compromise or something, but staying in a place where you go, I have strong boundaries, but a tender heart right? We talked about yeah. that in Rev. Like, yeah. how do you stay in a place where you go, I can have clear boundaries, Yeah. but having a tender place, if you're noticing that you're not tender towards your spouse anymore, that's the reckoning with the Lord. That's true yeah. for all of us, but that's yeah. the reckoning with the Lord to go, wow, I've noticed this about myself. I've noticed the criticism, the sarcasm, the eye rolling, this little like last remark as they're saying something like whatever you're doing, whatever your behavior is, you go, Okay, Lord, I need softness towards my spouse. Yeah, I, I, and I think there's a, <clears throat> to both men and women, the primary invitation that Jesus has is not in relation to one another, but he says, follow me. Oof, that's right. Yeah. Uh, right, and it's certainly beautiful and right and good when we respond and recognize and reciprocate with one another. 
But I would say in my story, I had people who just decided to love me when I wasn't lovable. And love is a very powerful force. And um, if you keep applying it, um, it, I, I believe that there's something right and good about that. And I'm, you know, I'm forever thankful for the people that love me when I didn't believe, that love me when I wasn't lovable, that love me when I didn't want yeah. any of it. Yeah. And they had, uh, they made a decision to keep um, loving me. And yeah. I, I'm glad that they didn't give up. I'm glad that they didn't stop. I'm thankful and humbled by that. And uh, uh, But I think it it's a provision that Christ has to give us. It's not a human capacity. It's a divine one. So yeah. I, have, I think we have to draw it down and then release it to the person. Yeah. Mm. Can I say two things too that I think are tempting to fall into when you're in that kind of place? Please. Um, I think it's really hard in that place not to compare because if you see people that are happy or believers yep. together, it's really hard to not compare. Um, yep. So fall, fall, in, falling into a spirit of comparison would be really difficult. The other one is falling into self-pity, right? Yeah, is just having a place of wallowing in in and of yourself and kind of not understanding, yeah. like why it's happened. It's only happening to you. <laughs> oh yeah, and not thinking that there's going to be anything on the other side, right? And yeah. the truth is, no matter it says in Hebrews that it was the joy set before him, yeah. right? And yeah. so something about that we can still receive joy even on our way to things, like even in the Amen. midst of them. Yeah. And so there's a joy and a capacity for joy when we're in those places, but it would have to be supernatural. Yeah. It would have to be supernatural. It'd have to be a place. And so asking the Lord for, and, and refreshment, asking the Lord for the specific things that you want and desire for your marriage, for your spouse for your own heart, like be specific about it and say, I'm really losing joy or I'm really losing the ability to have meaning and purpose or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Put it as this is my number one prayer right now. And those things actually have the potential to really change our hearts, right? As we start praying them over and over and over again, that even, even for you before Simon had anything had changed, you were changing. Yep. You were having a different response. You were seeing the things inside of you that were different. And yeah. that have had a different impact on everyone around you. Yeah, yeah. And I would say just from my own experience, 100% identify with what you said is this, just the over-identifying with it over and over like this, you almost begin to pet it. Like it's your thing. Again, it's right. the comfort thing. This is, if this would, then I would be better. And you're so focused on like the pool, the pool of healing, like John five, if I just get in that, then I'll be better. And I, I didn't know any better I, I, because I had a lot of generational patterns. If that's what my mother did to her husband. And I didn't know what would it look like to change my gaze in another direction um, and really pray into that and believe for that. It just took a while for me to cut those cords of bondage to the disappointment and the hurt in all the places. Um, and I will say, um, as much as God was, I think I was growing in my relationship with Lord because I was pretty new um, in terms of when I had come to Christ, fully gave him my heart. Within a few months, Simon became an atheist. So it was a real juxtaposition for a long time that 
I didn't, I'm still trying to figure out Christ. So I will say for me, mm. people like you, Renee, church community. I mean, how many breaths did I cry into? Like mm-hmm. sweating, <laughs> cry, like just people right. that said, I'm not going anywhere and this will break at some point and would just pray and pray. And it is varsity level because you're like, I believe in God. I'm reading the word, but I'm not seeing anything. Keep your eyes off the pool. Keep praying. Keep believing. And having community that does rejuvenate you, you can laugh with and play with and and feel like it's not quite as heavy and big as the enemy tries to convince you that it is. So yeah. Amen. Yeah. Could, not, could not agree more with all that. Um, okay. We're going to wrap it up for today so that you guys uh, can get about your life. We have another episode that we're going to do. We're going to keep talking on marriage, you guys. Um, we're going next level. You guys have asked the questions. So our next episode, we're talking about sex. There, I got everyone's attention. So you'll be back in the next episode. Anything else you want them to know in closing, Renee or Don? God's up to good stuff. And um, he's inviting us to receive that and to release that and to take the next step where he can do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything is redeemable. It's crazy in our own life, the things that God has redeemed and brought back around. So it's never too lost. It's never too far. And you guys have had a front row seats to that story over and over when it comes to marriage. Yeah. So that's what's cool is they, they speak with confidence and authority because God's done it. Not yeah. maybe he will. No, he has. So, all right, yeah. you guys, well, we'll be back again and be sure to listen to our next episode and we'll talk again soon. Peace guys. Bye.